Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where we hear real stories from real men living real lives. I am your guide, Ned Shout. Fatherhood is not only about being a dad, it incorporates providing and serving a home, loving and serving a spouse, engaging and serving in a community, as well as intentionally serving our kiddos. Fatherhood is an adventure, one full of fun, wild, and messy stories. In this podcast, we will hear stories from real men who have found themselves living the adventure of fatherhood. These stories will connect us and allow us to continue to grow into the men fatherhood is calling us to be. As I re-listened to this conversation with Josh, there are some incredible takeaways. In the middle, we talk about his crazy experience in having his first baby. Then we talk about how our lives' timelines don't always match this typical cultural idea that we have. And one of the things I really enjoyed was how as men, we really need to be aware of the work-life balance and pause to ask ourselves, are we more focused on being the best at work or at home? I'm excited today to have my good friend, Josh Edwards up in the office. Right here. What's up, buddy? Oh man, I'm on a podcast. Dude, it's always good to see your face. Yeah. Looking good today, by the way. You rolled in looking pretty tired. Yeah. It's my one-year-old. It's 2.27 yeah. on a Monday. Yeah. I feel like you realize when you have a kid, you don't sleep in anymore. Mm. Period. I got a text from you 30 minutes before, or 10 minutes before you got here. Yeah. So 30 minutes ago saying, do you have coffee? Yep. So I brewed you a fresh pot of coffee. It's good. Is it good? It's good. And Any coffee is good. I'm not picky. Yeah, I love coffee. Yeah, I have to have but it I've, every day. But I've, only, I've already had a couple cups, so. I feel like you're staring into my soul right now. I am. I'm just looking around, peeking at what questions I'm going to ask, kind of doing a little bit of digging, (laughs) (laughs) pre-gaming. Okay, so Josh and I have known each other for probably seven or eight years, but one of my most fun memories was when I was running uh, New Era, the youth program out of the skate park, we did a big event called Fool's Fest, where we had bands and a bunch of games and Josh and I were the MCs for the event. That's so much fun. And we had done little games in between the bands. And we yep. had, it was all to raise money and awareness for like human trafficking and slavery yep. and stuff. But for our in-between games, we had found two old toilets. <laughs> and we spray painted them gold. The gold toilet. The gold toilets. I still have those pictures, by the way. Yeah. And we did a lot of games in between... Uh, with the gold toilets. Yep. Do you remember any of them? I can't remember the specific games. I, the picture I remember is by, was it Lowe's? Where we were up, out on the street. We put the toilet on one of the signs. And uh, you remember that, that picture? And I just remember we took a picture. It was, it was you and I think the other Josh. And then I was like in the background. You could see the glow in my eyes. Mm. I'll have to show you that picture. I love it. Were we doing some promotion or just yeah, like, okay. Yeah, just promotion. So I remember we did, um, we had two kids come up and we had long straws coming out of the toilets. Yes. And inside the toilets, which they were just empty toilets, there was, I think, maybe a can of like an energy drink or yep. something. And so it was whoever could drink it faster, but out of the golden toilet. It looked fun. Yeah, so stuff like yeah. that. So that was super fun. And then after that, we had kept one of the toilets and yep. for a while... It, you'd wake up at your house and yeah. it'd be in your yard or my yeah. yard. Oh, yeah. We, we had to prank each other. Drop it off in the middle of the night. <laughs> it was good. I did it to one of the youth kids one time. I left it in their yard. And then I woke up then like a couple of days later and they'd put it back in my yard and they planted a tomato in it. 
Oh, that's a good idea. That's genius, that's right? That's a healthy option. Yeah. So it's just like this big golden toilet sitting on my front lawn with a nice, beautiful tomato plant. I think about that a lot. I have a lot of uh, coffee cups with a uh, poop theme. So we literally have a coffee cup that's a toilet. Okay. We have a coffee, cu- coffee cup that's uh, poop. Okay. And uh, every time I use that toilet coffee cup, I do think about the golden toilet. Oh, my gosh. The golden that toilet. is special. So, yeah. And we usually give it to our new guests that we don't know very well. Nice. They get coffee. Oh. Think your toilet toilet mug. <laughs> nice. Okay, so let's give people a little bit more well-rounded view of who Joshua yeah. Edwards is. Oh, let's Ooh. get deep. Yeah. Okay. How long have you been married? Four years on August. 8th. Well, we just had our four-year August. 8th. Congratulations. Yes. How old are you? I am thirty-eight. And how many kids do you have? I got one little boy that's one years old. He was born on August sixth. So two oh. days before a wedding anniversary. Nice. Yep. And what does he call you? <laughs> he doesn't really talk yet. <laughs> wow, that is beautiful. Yeah, no, it's usually uh, he's starting to say dad, dad, but I don't know if he knows what it means. Yeah. It's because he's just, he's a parrot right now, so he's he'll repeat. Mumbling. Yeah. That's awesome. So How fun is it? It's awesome. Yeah. It's the best thing ever. Nice. I get woken up every morning. Mom usually wakes up first and brings him to our room, and I get a a heel to the back or the you know a hand slapping on me and i just wake up and smile my little dude's like dad where are you i need to see you heck yeah it's cool so when you're not at home being awesome dad what is it that you go do most days i am busy so i do two things right now i i sell cars future nissan of Folsom. selfless plug don't mind Mm. if you need a car come see me i got my sweet ride from you yeah. A little bit of a race car, kind of yep. flashy color. One of the fastest on cars I've ever sold. Is it? No, not at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's a Prius and it goes pretty fast. It's pretty fast. It's... I'm breaking all the stereotypes. I'm not in the fast lane going 65, so. That's that's pretty <clears throat> good because, yeah. And it's mint green. Mint uh, green. You can't go wrong with that. It's like, couldn't you have any other colors? <laughs> <laughs> not at all. When you want a used car, you get what you get. But I'll tell you, the 50 miles of the gallon. It's beautiful. Yeah. Wait, and you live up here in the hills, so you got to have that. Yeah. You're using gas. So, yeah. Sell cars. And then I'm in flight school to become a pilot. Hmm. Yes. That's one of the coolest things. That's awesome. How long yeah. have you been flying? I've been flying about four years now total, off and on. And I should be finishing up my flight school. Well, I don't know if I'm going to... Uh, I may be going to the airlines. I may be doing private jets. I'm not sure yet. Um but I should be there in about two years, hopefully. Well, this is like my 15th podcast, so this is like really blowing up. So I'm probably going to need my own private oh, pilot like oh, any day now. I'm interrupting this important conversation that you probably just started getting into with a big announcement. During the month of November and the beginning of December 2019, I need your help, and this is all hands on deck. I've created a daily journal designed to help dads like you and I stay focused on being the engaged and intentional fathers we desire to be. Do you ever feel like I do sometimes, like you're not cutting it, you're not hitting the mark as a father? Well, my hope is that this journal would be one tool that could help you get there. But it will not come to market unless it is funded. We are doing this through a crowdfunding website where it's all or nothing. So please go to our Instagram or Facebook 
at Rebel and Create and follow links to our Kickstarter campaign for the Fatherhood Legacy Journal. Or you can go to kickstarter.com and in the search put in Fatherhood Legacy Journal or Rebel and Create Fatherhood Legacy Journal and it'll pop up and we need your help. So please buy a journal for yourself, for a friend, or for a dad that you know. We would so appreciate it because we believe fatherhood matters and we're doing all we can to spread the word and create tools that will help support dads everywhere. And now back to that important conversation you were just getting into. Okay, so stepping into fatherhood, what has been one of the best resources to you um, becoming a dad? Listening. It's weird because all of a sudden your eyes open or your ears and eyes open up and you're like, Oh my gosh, I just got to listen to, you, you hear things when you're not a dad and uh, I'm a little, I was a little bit older when I had my kid and you're like, oh yeah, the kid, oh yeah, the kid, the kid. And all of a sudden you have a kid and everything just like goes, oh, I know why they said that. So I listened mm-hmm. beforehand, but um, listening and then reading books, no joke, I'm not saying this because I'm on this podcast, your book is excellent and it's one reason why um, I wanted to be on this podcast is because your book helped me out a lot. Dude, that's so rad that you'd say that. <clears throat> and... I mean, yeah, you've you've already bought in copies and been giving them to people. Yep, which is awesome, and I appreciate it. That's my uh, you're becoming a dad. Read this book. Heck yeah, dude! That's Love what's it. up. So the book is called Rebel and Create, yep. and this podcast is Rebel and Create Fatherhood Field Notes. Yes. So to kick it off, um, Rebel and Create, it can be really applied to many things, but mm-hmm. kind of in the big scheme, it's rebelling against what either me or you as a man, the expectations we put on ourselves, or that we let the world put on us, um, rebelling against that. And then out of that, creating the life that we believe we were designed for or the yep. life that we want or creating something of value out of that. So what's something yeah. that you're currently or big scale rebelling and creating? I guess you have to nail it down to, I rebel against a timeline. Okay. Um, and the way that I look at it is I'm 38. And I didn't have a family young. I didn't start my career young. I'm still in school at 38. I might not be in the airlines till I'm 40, and I'll be flying with a, a captain next to me that's in his 20s. Um, so there's a timeline that I'm rebelling against because I'm following what God has for me, okay. you know, and, and where I'm going. And uh, it's creating a, a life for my son that he can do anything and he can go anywhere and he can, just for my family, we don't have to be, it's that timeline, creating the timeline again. So do you think that you were all, so you're 38 now. Yep. You got married at 35. Yep. You had your first kid at 37. 37. Okay. Were you always rebelling against a timeline? No, it just happened that way. It happened that way. So were you slacking off in your 20s? No. No, very busy. In fact, I went to uh, um, a seminary school okay. in my 20s. Um, and then a, worked and then yeah. pursued life. Pursued and, life. Um, did you always want a family? Oh, yeah. In fact, I thought I'd be married in my 20s. I thought I'd have kids in my 20s. Um, that was my that was my dream. Not Not my dream, but I knew I wanted to be a family man. So you knew you wanted those things. Mm-hmm. It seems as though you were looking for it in your 20s. Yep. It just didn't happen. Didn't happen. Until your 30s. Yep. And in hindsight, you're looking back going, I'm okay with that. Like, yeah. I'm okay with the timeline. Yeah. Right? Oh, definitely okay with the timeline. Now, and then you want to teach your son that. You want to yeah. teach your son that 
because you had an expectation of how it was going to go. Why do you think you had that expectation? Well, everybody gets married in their 20s. Okay. Everybody starts a family. So it was one of those things where you see your friends doing it. You see you, they find the perfect girl. They find this and that. Um, something that, that that's interesting is I thought they found the perfect girl, but not always my friends. They, they always lasted. They got married and didn't last. Hmm. Um, so you've seen some of your friends already at this point splitting up. Yep. And so you kind of you kind of get in your head. I want to do it, and I you know I want to get married, but I want to make sure she's it. And so I didn't want to settle. I wanted to make sure that it's this could be a touchy situation. But when when I got married, I wanted to do it one time. Yep. This is it. She's it, no matter what. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that my wife was going to be my wife. And so I wasn't going to settle because of my age or because of my timeline or because I thought I should have been married. Were there times, and I didn't even think about this, we're, we're yeah. going to kind of talk about being a new dad. Yeah. But um, were there times in your 20s and even early 30s that you were either depressed or disappointed or frustrated? Frustrated maybe is the frustrated. word. Frustrated, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because I, I, I was dating a girl for a long time, thought she was going to be it. It fell apart. It just was not going to happen. Thank God. Not because she's a bad person. But it wasn't, it wasn't going to happen. It shouldn't have happened, and it didn't. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I thought I was going to marry her, fell apart, and you kind of get frustrated, like, okay, God, what are you doing? Like, are you, are you watching or not? You know, are you, are you seeing what's going on? I've got my timeline. What are you doing? And so it's frustrating. How old were you when you met your wife? <laughs> so I was a, a, like I told you, I went to seminary as a minister, and, uh, in seminary or in you know Bible college, I guess it, you know, um, I was part of what's called the youth group, and so I was one of the youth leaders. She was actually one of the youth kids. You sicko! But <laughs> <laughs> now that I laid it out to everybody's paying attention, <laughs> yeah. so if you're driving, you're now your ears perked up. Um, so it was an 800 kid youth group. Dang! I think I met her once, and I was the bass player, and. Um, I, I think I met her once. The year that I stepped down and, and moved away, that next year she got onto the uh, the music team or the worship team. Oh, okay. So we, she likes to say we were ships passing the night. So we knew each other, but we never, never hung out or anything. And then I think it was ten years later, I saw her at a uh, at a uh, um, a restaurant and said hi to her. And then did you know who she was? Yeah, barely. Okay. She was actually on an interview, and uh, um, said hi to her. And um, I knew that she was interviewing for a pastoral job as a as a worship leader. And I said hi to the uh, um, the pastors of the church that were interviewing her. And then I gave her the Christian side hug, and uh, said hello. And then we added each other on Facebook. So, and that happened two years before we actually went on our first date. And then you just kind of like. Yeah. kindled a little bit of a friendship there or kind of it was only through music because okay. i i was playing with uh justin smith williams he just has a new song out by the way go check it out um so i played bass for justin for i don't know how many years i still play with him a little bit and uh so i'm gonna give as many shameless plugs as i can in here by the way do it man okay so we're doing a gig for a girl to go to i think new zealand and we needed an opener and it started out to where i was like 
hey, would you like to open for us? Because I know you play music. And she rejected it. She said, no, not at all. Then we kind of kept talking. And then it was a whole thing on Facebook to where she'd post something that was funny. Same humor. So I'd laughed at it. She'd do the, do, go back and forth. And then till one night I was, uh, I was chilling. And I was sitting on the couch. And she messaged. I can't, we were messaging back and forth. And uh, I turned to Justin because he was my roommate for seven years. And I turned to Justin. And I go, is she flirting with me? And he looks at my phone and he goes, yeah, I think she is. And I went, oh, yeah, okay. And that's the moment where I was like, all right, I, I kind of kind of like this girl. I kind of dig her. So, man, yeah. that first night was, let's see here. I got to remember, I got to talk. I'm used to listening a lot, sell cars, got to listen to people. Um, I'm using my hands a lot, too. Do I usually talk like this, by the way? When you sold me that car? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I listened to it. No, anyway, so we were playing a gig. She decided to, to show up to that gig that she was going to open for. She was hanging out with her girls, so she was all dressed up. I mean, she was dressed up. She walked in, and uh, I forgot what I was doing. I forgot what I was playing. I was up on stage. We were no. in the middle of our first song. So as a professional musician. Now, I played for just, with Justin for seven years at that time. I knew every song he ever had. He could start in the middle of a song. I could pick it up right away. So I just froze. So I turned around. And blamed it on my bass guitar and acted like something was wrong with my bass. Turned back around, looked at her again and went, oh crap, this girl, like, first of all, she's a hottie. Uh, she's looking at me, don't screw up, you know, that type of thing. And all you're doing is screwing up? I, I did pretty, I think it was pretty <laughs> solid after that. You know, the adrenaline kicked in. There you go. I was like, yeah, you like bass players? But, so, uh, yeah, went on uh, our first date, August 8th. Asked her to marry me four days before our six-month anniversary. No, two days before our six-month anniversary. Dang, bro. Got married August 8th that next year, exactly one year later from our first date. So first date to a year later. Married. Married. Done. Dude, you don't mess around. Lock it up. Hey, I waited 35 years. Yeah, it's a long time. So, yeah, it was uh, the first date I knew she was going to be my wife, which is crazy. Because I never believed in the rom-com, love at first sight crap. And lo and behold... It happened. So out of that, yeah. out of that, what are you hoping to create in your reflection upon waiting, let's just say you're 20 years old to yeah. 35, yep. waiting 15 years while you're seeing everybody else kind of do this traditional, cultural, yeah. whatever. Um, and it's not because you're you're trying to be countercultural in the sense of no. like, well, I'm going to live with my girlfriend first and I never want to get married. It's something that you wanted and didn't happen. Yeah. So out of kind of reflecting on that, what are you hoping to create? I'm creating a, uh, it's okay. It's like this. We hear this all the time in, in the church. And if you don't go to church, I'm whatever. Um, but everybody's like a thumbprint. They're all unique. Mm. Your story doesn't have to be somebody else's story. Um, I'm not living the same, same story as you are. We, we all have different and they're okay. And just because you got married at what? 20, 21, 21, had your first kid at 22, had your second kid at, you know, and you just went yeah. all that, um, you know, it wasn't that I couldn't have been a dad at 21 or 22. It just wasn't the, it wasn't the, the thumbprint. It wasn't the fingerprint that, that God had for me. And so just because somebody else is going on your, you know, on a different timeline, timelines aren't wrong. It's your own unique timeline that you got to follow. And, um, so yeah, you gotta, you gotta follow that timeline that that's unique to you. So I think that's good because I think that's getting harder and harder. Yeah. Um, because we, 
and I'm not down. I mean, I'm not against social media. I, I love posting the funny oh, yeah. stuff or stuff from my day. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but I think that too much of the time, then we we are comparing ourselves all the time versus it being a platform to like yep. share, even for encouragement or for me to go, oh, that's so cool, Josh. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think it's getting harder and harder to like be unique or be yeah. okay with being unique if we're going to say that for our timeline. Um, but I think it's important for people to hear because like one of my main things that I want to get out there, especially for dads is don't be like everybody else. Like be, no. be yourself. Yeah. You know, if you hear, let's say uh, there's a uh, Austin Blanco was on this podcast recently and he talked about having his kids build a computer yep. Or before gonna, they can get a computer yeah, or build their yeah. first car. Yep. And then you might feel like, Oh God, I'm such an idiot. I could never do that. Like I literally, I can't, <laughs> I could change the oil. That's about it. Yeah. Change a tire. If you haven't listened car. to that podcast, by the way, Austin's podcast was awesome. I'm yeah. going to listen to that again after this. Cause it was, it was, that was one of my favorites. Yeah. He's so. solid. But the point is don't do the, do it the way he no. does. Like if you hear rites of passage and he's buying his kid a weapon and that's not your thing, yeah. What what is your thing? Yeah, go do that. If you're not the camping family, don't go camping. Yeah. Go to a nice hotel and swim in the pool yeah. there, or whatever. You're you're trying to part. The way I'm trying to raise my kid is the way that on things that I know how to do. I don't know how to. Uh, I don't, I don't know how to build a computer. So why? It's just exactly what you said. Why would I make my son build a computer if I don't know how to? You know, you want to impart things that. Um, that are precious to you. What's mm. the most important thing that I, I can give my son? I don't want to give him my flaws. I want to give him the best thing that I have. Um, I know there's certain things. I do like the rite of passage, by the way. You know, like if he falls down, I'm not the one to run up. And, oh, are you okay? I go, dude, get up, man. Yeah. Come on, David. Get on up. You got it. Once he does it, I cheer him on. Oh, that's the best. That's the best. Uh, um, you got it faster than ever. Yeah. It was so cool. Good job, buddy. And watch him waddle over to me and smile. So... Um, I like, I like that type of thing, but that's me. And I don't know how you were when you were a young dad, if, if you were the one to pick him up and you, you comfort him differently. It's not saying that your way is right and my way is wrong or your way is wrong and my way is right. It just depends on who you are and what you want to be. Yeah. So, and I think it's, we can all learn from each other. We can all learn oh, the yeah. things that you're doing or the things that I'm doing. Yep. And that's really why we wanted to get on and, and talk is you're a dad. We're both about the same age. Yep. A little bit different timeline. Yep. And it's not that I'm ahead of you. No. It's that we just, it's just different. We're at different seasons. Yep. And embracing those seasons that we're in. And so being a new dad, so we're going to talk about that. So from the start, what, (laughs) okay, so you, you get married one year after you start dating. Yep. And then do you immediately start trying for a baby? Not immediately. Um, Pretty close. I think it was, yeah, two years. Okay. And then pregnancy is like this new fun. It's an adventure. Adventure, and then comes the baby. Yep. So what's up? Talk. Tell, so tell he, us about that. He was late about a week, and so he was a week late, which was crazy because uh, we had to schedule to go into the hospital hospital to be induced. So we actually got to pack our bags and get prepared. If you know Maria, she's a planner and a packer and. I, I should have rented an RV. <laughs> That's that type of thing to where I knew we were going to be in there for a while. We thought, you know, maybe eight hours, seven hours, six hours, pop this little dude out, you know, be home that night. And did you know you were having a boy? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We 
we did the whole reveal and we did the whole I didn't know there's so many parties leading up to having a baby by the way how many were there for you there's the gender reveal there's the um, we had a uh, what's the the baby shower and then because I didn't want to sit at home while she was doing that we did a thing called dudes and diapers Nice. So where uh, we hung out, and then if you wanted to come to the party, you had to bring a pack of diapers to me. So we did dudes in diapers, and then uh, I don't know. There's other stuff that I didn't remember, and I was like, "Wait for what? Why are we doing that?" She goes, "Free stuff," and I go, "Oh, cool. Go ahead." <laughs> so we had a lot of parties. Um, we get to the hospital, we start inducing, and uh, one thing after the other, it just it started going well, going well, but it's taking longer than we think. And uh, we get four hours in, and we're making progress, and the centimeters and everything, and you have to get to 10 centimeters before they say, oh, you're ready to go, let's go into the labor room. And uh, we get eight hours into it, still not progressing, and we're inducing, and they're using all the medical inducer needles and everything, I don't know what they're called. Then she starts getting pain, a lot of pain, so we do the epidural. And uh, five hours later, Nothing's happening. He's he's still progressing a little bit, but it's not as what we want. And the uh, epidural doesn't work, so they have to do a second epidural. And uh, how huge is that needle? Oh my gosh, that that needle's long. By the way, it's it's crazy. Like I was, it was funny because she was she was going, "Is it going to be bad?" And I'm sitting here going, "No, babe, it's no big deal. It's no big deal." I'm looking at it. It's cool. Crap, that thing's huge. <laughs> I am lying to her as she's having a baby just to make her feel better. So um, we we kept going, kept making progress. Second epidural, she's still in a lot of pain. We had one bad nurse that wouldn't give her more medication because she was a jerk. And uh, when you're sleep deprived and you have a pregnant or a, a wife that's about to have a baby, um, I wanted to punch her in the face. <laughs> Not going to lie. I, I really, really have never thought more about punching a woman in the face <laughs> in my whole life because my wife's screaming in pain. She goes, well, it's been only, you know, it's only been 30 minutes. We're going to have to wait another 45 minutes before I even consider doing this or giving you this. And I'm like, you give her that right now. Or, you know, so we, anyways, we went through a whole eight hours of that lady overnight. We're already exhausted. Um, we got to eight centimeters and we realized that it wasn't going to happen. Mm. So here's, here's a hard choice, by the way. So all total hours, 58 hours in labor, two epidurals. And we find out that David has a massive head and he's not going to fit through the birth canal. So now... You consider, you go, well, should we try for 10 centimeters? But it's not going to work. I'm exhausted because we've been, we've both been, I think I got two or two to four hours sleep over 58 hours, which is crazy. I didn't yeah. know I could stay up that long, but um, I wasn't going to sleep when she wasn't sleeping. Yeah. And, uh, oh, by the way, that one of the nurses said, well, why don't you go home, catch some sleep and then come back? Are you, are you stupid? Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, I'm, I'm not leaving her plus if she, if I went home and came back she probably would disown me but besides that point so anyway so 58 hours this is where it got really crazy because i'm i'm actually kind of reliving reliving it because we had i had to make a decision she's exhausted she's in a lot of pain the doctor comes in and checks and says you know what it's not looking like it um she's really wanting to have a natural birth but she's 
and and don't get me wrong, she's a very smart woman, but she's not thinking straight at this time because exhaustion, pain, yeah, yeah. everything's Torture going on. for 58 hours. Yeah, exactly. And so I kind of have to make this, we need to have a C-section moment. And uh, we prayed about it. And then we made the decision that, hey, it's time to it's time to make this choice to do an operation to, to have your son. Now, when you think of C-section, yeah, they're a lot safer than they used to be, everything else. But in a father's perspective or a man that has a, a child on the way, um, could be moments away, and a wife that you love to death, there's an operation that's going to happen. They're going to cut open your wife, and they're going to bring your baby out. They make it sound everything is okay, but that's my world right there. Yeah. That's my world. And and it's your first time going through this whole process, so it's time. already stressful. Oh it's already different than yeah. you had anticipated. Different exactly. timeline again. Yep. Um, and you have to make a decision to have a C-section. And so, because otherwise you're putting not only my wife, but you're putting the baby in danger. Right. And I found out a fa- weird fact, but back in the day before C-sections, a lot of moms and a lot of babies died. Because they didn't have C-sections. And it's crazy. So I was like, oh, man, that's that, thanks for telling me that now. But um, So we make the decision. We tell the nurse to tell the doctor. And just like that, boom, 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 they start preparing everything. Cool thing is one of the – she wasn't a nurse, but it was another – I forget. There's so many people that come in. Kind of bonkers. Yeah. And uh, I was like, where do I know you from? She goes, I don't, I don't know. I was like, I know you from somewhere. So we both start naming off different things. And then I finally went, do you go to my church? She goes, oh, yeah, we go to church together. Now we go to a six, I think a 600 person. I don't know. It's a bigger church. And we just started going there. And this lady goes to our church and she goes, yeah, that's weird. So she'd been praying for us the whole time. And so we had somebody from our church representing us. That's cool. Praying for us. Um, right before we went in, um, you know they're they're getting Maria prepared. Um, I forget all that's going on. They're putting needles and testing this and that. And uh, we prayed right before. Who's we? My wife and I, and then some of the nurses hmm. that just randomly were like, "Do you mind if we pray with you?" Yeah, not at all. So it was a very very cool moment that people just stopped and said, "Yeah, we want to pray." And then also that that lady that went to our church. So then here's a scary, here's a moment, the, the reality moment that was, that was scary for me. I'm about to become a dad and they wheel her into a room and they said, you can't come in yet because we have to prep her. So then I go to this, literally a locker room and I'm sitting on a wooden bench. There's just lockers where the doctors, I get the, the nurses get ready and they keep their stuff. No TVs, no nothing. It's just me and my thoughts. And I had to make a choice because I was like, is this going to be good thoughts or bad thoughts? Mm. Because, like, your thoughts lead you. Yeah. And, uh, like, I'm actually getting a little bit emotional. I I, I don't know if you can see it. But, um, so I'm I'm sitting here. And what I did is actually text um, my buddy Justin, the one that play music with. And I just said, hey, it's about to go down. I need prayer. She's going to have a C-section. I don't know if he, he, because I didn't realize the gravity of the, the moment. But I just knew I needed prayer. And so I just remember praying and going, okay, God, you got this. And when I go in that room, because I'm going to see the whole, they let me see the whole thing. I got into scrubs and everything. Um, I'm just going to be positive no matter what happens. 
It's going to be awesome. We're going to be happy. We're going to, you know, because I don't want to worry her. She's already worried enough. So um, go into the room. And uh, she's laid out like she is on a cross, if that makes sense. So she's her arms are straight out. They're strapped down. She's actually strapped down. Hmm. Um, there's needles in her. There's a curtain from her neck, uh, right at her neck. So she can't see anything from the neck down. Um, I'm sorry. It was under her. I think it was under her armpits because I could see her arms. Um, and I could see over the curtain. And the doctor said, if you want, you can watch the surgery. It's up to you. And I said yes, because I'm curious, and I want to see what's going on. Plus, I need to know if I need to punch the doctor if he's not doing something right, because I <laughs> know all about surgery. Um, <laughs> so I see him actually, you know, cut open Maria. I watch the whole thing. Dang. I see her intestines. That So they cut open, and the water came out, and I got to see, you know. And I'm taking pictures, by the way. I have, I have documentation on my phone. Really? I have pictures of it all. That's crazy. They let you take pictures. Yeah, I didn't think they would, but I didn't ask, so yeah. they did it. And uh, the whole time, Maria's going, what's happening? What's happening? And I go, Maria, everything's good. They're so good. The doctor's making jokes um, to keep every the, the room light. And uh, all of a sudden, I see this massive, and I'm, I'm not kidding. David had a massive head. He's nine pounds, two ounces born. Big boy. Huge, huge buddy. Yeah. And uh, he came out with his left hand up. He had a fist, left hand up, and it was blood all coming down. I got it. I'll show you the picture afterwards. But um, it was almost like, yeah, I'm ready for the world. Let's do this. He didn't cry. He's so chill. He's still a chill little dude. Um, they And they brought him over to the table, and um, they had to force him to cry. Yeah, just chill. No big deal. I got this. Whatever. Let's go, world. Um, they weigh him, they wipe him off. And then I do the fake cutting the umbilical cord cause they had to do it cause of C-section. So, um, after that, they brought him over to Maria who she's, she's still, um, she's still strapped down until he, he saw her, like he didn't see her before. The first time he saw her, he knew that she was mom. That's hmm. the first time he actually, um, cried and reached for something is when he saw Maria for the first time. Crazy. Crazy. He just knew that's mom. I need her. And then uh, he didn't want to be taken away. He was grabbing for her hair and everything else. And then they had to take her, take him away and do a bunch of more tests and everything. So yeah, it was a crazy birth. Um, it sounds like it was like long and wild and crazy, but then like the crescendo of it was like super beautiful and awesome. But it Mm -hmm. seems like a lot of that was I don't know, maybe due to you rolling in there with this, I'm going to bring positive life to the situation. Yeah, yeah that was a choice. Because I, I I remember going, my world can crash right now because everything can go wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife can die. My baby cannot make it. Um, if that, And you, you think about that for a second. You know, what, what's gonna, what would I do if that happened? And you just got to go, no, I'm not going to play on that. Because that's not going to happen. Um, even though I know that the surgery is fairly safe now, and they obviously they know what they're doing, but uh, you still you still have the, the the clicks in your mind of which 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 road will I travel down. And uh, so yeah, I choose. So if a dad, if a, if a dude, let's say maybe a dude dad yeah. is listening, and he they're about to have a baby soon. Yeah. What would you say in preparation for going into the the delivery time? It could be smooth. It could be hard. It could be just honestly, 
my goal is to be there for my wife no matter what. Mm. So just be there for her because anything that anything that you're going through, you don't have that little life inside of you. And so you're 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 just that support at the time. Yeah, it's your kid, it's your boy, it's your girl, it's whatever. Uh, not whatever, but it's your your life. Yeah. But uh yeah, I, I I don't know. We had a hard one. So I don't know if I don't know your guys' experience at all. I don't know if you had C sections at all, but yeah, it was it was weird. The only one that was kind of crazy was the twins. Ah, double but, down. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, dude, it's almost like I love your answers. Just go into it, supporting your other half. Yeah, you know, the part of you that is doing that as is your wife. You're not doing it, but you can be there positively supporting. Yeah. And then you may have to make decisions for you guys. Yeah. That's kind of honestly the way I thought I was thinking about that later on is that that that's marriage in a way anyways. Like my job is to serve and love them. Yep. It's, it's not to be I'm this and that and you know it's you know she's a stay-at-home mom so I get to serve them by working. I get to serve them by, you know, bringing money in and she's she's she works harder than I do, I'll tell you that much with that little guy, but my my whole world revolves around how can I serve them better every day? Actually, how can I get better at serving them each day? Because I need a lot of help with that. Because I'm still, I'm still to where I got my goals, but how do my goals match up serving my family? And so, yeah, so having the kid is, is just, you know, if you're about to have a kid, it's it's the same thing. If you're a husband with your wife going in, how can you serve that, that family the best at that moment? So check this out. So this week, I met with a prospect, uh-huh. health insurance, yeah, real exciting employee benefits, and I'm meeting with this business owner, very nice, big, successful business, and he's got to be, I don't know, 60-something, yeah. okay, and so we're just talking, whatever, and I, I don't even know how it came up, but I think I asked some question to kind of the end, just like wrapping up on more of a personal level. Yeah. And he said that the week prior, he buried his dad. Oh. Okay, so that means that he he buried his dad, let's say, t- two weeks ago. I mean, this yeah. is just last week, so two weeks ago. Yep. Okay. And I think his dad was 85 in that range. Yep. Okay. So I asked him, I said, what's one thing about your dad? And he thought for a minute, and he said, my dad was all about serving. Yep. To the day he died, he was serving. If it wasn't his family, it was at this, that, or the other. The children's home, a hospital, whatever. So you're at the beginning of that. Yep. And your answer is service. Yep. And I just think that tie is so amazing and critical because as men, we get get caught up with conquering the world. Oh, yeah. And it's not bad. No. Do it. You need to conquer also. Right. But it can't be... At the expense first. of your family. Okay, it can't be at the expense of your family. It can't be first. Yeah. Um, s- yes. I and love that. And I, that's hard. I know that it, for me because I want to... It's twofold with flying an airplane. I want to fly an airplane because I want to go on an adventure. I want to go see the world. I want to be the 1% of 1% of 1% of people that fly an airplane. That's just awesome. But it's also how can I serve my family through that? Mm. So you can get adventure and service in the same part, but you can't ditch out your family just because you want to follow a dream. 
Yeah, I mean, right now you you paused flight school yep. to go sell cars. Yep. To make sure that you're doing both, that you're serving your family yep. and providing food, and not just saying, "I'm gonna keep pursuing this, and we're gonna live at my parents' house or your parents' house or whatever." <laughs> Which yeah. I'm not. Clowning, There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm not yeah. clowning on that for anybody no. either. Um, Save a lot of money. You got to make the decisions you got to make. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the best interest of your family. And nothing worth having comes easy most of the time. You know, having a family is hard. Oh my gosh, it's hard having a wife and a kid. And it's the best thing ever. Never been happier. Wouldn't wouldn't trade it for the world, but it's hard. But let's just stop on that for a second. So never been happier. Yeah. I would argue that it's not happiness. Okay. That it's joy. Yes, it is. And here and, and I'm not clowning the word i just think no. that we are obsessed with the word happy in our culture uh-huh. like we do all these things to be happy to be happy right yep. but are you happy when you're getting up super early to go sell a car when you're calling people and the next person told you no you know what i mean i'm just saying i'm saying that's joy the joy is the struggle you're completely correct because it's freaking a lot of work to be a dad and a husband yep. and a human yep that's not just thinking of myself all the time yeah because it's easy thinking of me. Oh, yeah. That's, Dude, I'll do me easiest. all day. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, I want to do this because I want to do it. But we want to do this because, yeah, the joy comes when when I can see my son grow because of a choice I made. Yeah, yeah. I love the word joy because I think joy is happiness while also embracing that life is messy and there's struggle. Yep. And that there's a lot of hard in, you know, throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month. But it's like the 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 pendulum of the the really hard and tired and ah uh, yep. to the beautiful moments of my son climbing in my bed and slapping my back and waking me up. Yep. It's like that both and I don't think balance exists. I think it's kind of just riding that wave of both. That sells also, and a good salesman knows when the two waves are coming, right? Mm. And if you can not balance it out, but if you know that this wave is coming, kind of like your book, by the way, you have the five different waves, five, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you haven't read, how much book, do I owe you after this, dude? That's at least ten bucks. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> prove to you that I read it. No. Um, <laughs> you've got the the balance of sales, and you know this because you do sales yourself. That you have a hundred rejections, and all of a sudden you get one that's good, and then a hundred more rejections, and then one that's good. And if you get stuck on all the rejections, you're not going to do good at sales. Mm. But you got to know that to get the one sell, you got to have the hundred rejections. And what if we apply that to our home life? Exactly. Not that you're going to get rejected by your wife or your kids a hundred times before you get something made, but there's a lot of there's a lot of work that goes there's into a lot of work that goes into making it great. Yeah. And I think that that is so huge. And as you're saying that, something that's been on my mind lately is the energy that we'll put into the 100 rejections. Mm -hmm. And it seems as though culturally, mentally, we don't put that same level of energy into our homes. Mm -hmm. Now, I've, you know, this is only going to be like my 15th, 16th podcast, whatever, and everybody on here, I was an intentional father. Yeah. There is a ton of great dads out there. Yeah. A ton. Yep. 
And then there's a lot of men who are floating and they're just, nobody's telling them, dude, you got this, dude, put the energy into your family, dude, yeah. it's worth it. Yep. Because maybe they haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's easy for us men, easier for us men to get up and go kill it at work. Yeah. Because there's a reward, there's a pat on the back, whatever. Bonuses. Yeah. But I would love to see us go put that energy into our home. Yep. The role, the rewards a long game. Yeah. It's a it's a harder game. But I think if you are in the place where I think when I talk to a lot of dads who are intentional, they've already thought of themselves at their kid moving out. Mm. Um, end of their life. Stuff that typically people may not be thinking about till their sixties. Yeah. Thinking about in their twenties and thirties and forties. And implementing, okay, who do I need to be today for me to feel that way about myself and who yeah. I see in my family 30 years from now? Something that you made me think about in your book was, um, did your, by the way, your book literally had an impact on how I do fatherhood, by the way. I'm not even, I'm not even kidding. That's why anybody that I, I know is having a baby, I'm giving them the book. And one thing that I knew but I didn't think about was um, being intentional about spending time with your kid. Now, I didn't go through that to where I go, I don't spend enough time with him because my baby was four months, five months old. Right. Wasn't even walking or talking or doing anything. He just ate and pooped, you know? And so I got to, I got the beforehand go, no, that's that's really good because it's really easy to go, I'm too tired tonight. I'm too tired tonight. But having that game of whether I get home and I got 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour with him, shut the phone off shut the TV off, you know, and just play with him. That way he knows your dad. It's that long game that you are talking about that that time when he's, he's not even one years old yet, you're creating that bond for the next stage where I have to work on the truck and um, I'm working on the truck and he'll just come over and hand me tools that I don't need. But it's that dad, I want to help you out. And it's creating that time with him to get into the next spot to where sports, you know, where dad, I, how do I throw a baseball or a football, get into the next. And it's enjoying every little chapter with him. That way, when he does move out, if something goes on, he's going to go, dad, I need you. What do I do? It's all that investment into being a father that I haven't hit yet. I'm, I'm at the point where he has this little airplane that the wheels go up and down. And our game is I put him out and he puts him in. I put him out and he puts him in. That's the investment I'm making is just having spending time with him and tickling him and and telling me a stinky feet and you know stuff like that but it's that investment into what's the next stage that he's going through that I can be even just there for you know maybe it's that hour that half hour maybe it's the time in the morning where I work in the afternoon or right before bed where I get home and she goes he just pooped can you change the diaper yeah I'd love to you know I just got rejected and told by somebody at work that I'm the smelliest person in the world you know what i mean like they say words i won't say um just because i called them two times in a row after they said hey i want to buy a car so can I you tell me them. one of the things that they would say <laughs> i had a lady that i sold a car to that oh so you did sell her a car i sold her a car okay okay i sold her a car and she we're, we have time to spend so between yes i want to buy the car and going to signing the paperwork in the back is sometimes 30 minutes to an hour that you have to kill. And so 
I told her she I was a pastor because she you know she said she went to church and we get into this whole conversation about God and everything's good and everything's fine when everything is I bought a car I'm happy she came back two days later there's a dent in her passenger front fender well all of a sudden that was my fault I go ma'am she goes well you sold me a car with a dent in it and no six people looked at this car we've all inspected it you walked around the car there's no dent and she told me how can you call yourself a pastor how can you say this you're such a liar um I'm never coming back to the store because of you. I know about the survey. You're going to get the worst survey ever, which she did give me the worst survey ever. She gave me a 197 out of 1,000, which is the worst survey that store has ever had <laughs> um, because she got a dent in her car from somebody else. That sucks. Yeah, so you just smile and nod and just kind of try not to let that go home with you. Yeah. But, yeah, so we're on, a, we're on a path today. This is weird. But that's the stuff, so yeah. you're going to take stuff home with you. Yeah. And hey, not every day is going to be killer. And no. you're not going to be on your A game every time you come home. So no. don't feel bad if you have. But I think the hope is that you have more days where you show up with the energy to give your family than, yeah. than not. And then the hope is that over time, you you start to know yourself. you know. And, and, and as you're driving home, what do I need to do to get myself ready? Yep. You know? I, I, dude, there was a season where I would work out before. I would go home, mm-hmm. um, so I'd get off early, then work out. There's a season where I yeah listen to some, you know, fun summer '90s, yep. you know, Blink or whatever on the yep. way home to get myself in Ned fun mood yep. versus Ned work mood. Um, the Amber Crombie and Fitch girls, you know, Amber Crombie, like girls <laughs> that wear Amber Crombie and Fitch. That's your favorite song, I know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> So it's, yeah, it's knowing yourself and then going home with that energy. But dude, what you said about quality time in your son or child. Yeah. Life is super messy. Mm -hmm. And I get that some of us are in relationships with our spouse or the mother of our children. Yeah. That's not ideal. And, you know, there's this ideal of getting married and it's all great and it works out. It doesn't, it doesn't always. I have a perfect marriage, by the way. Good. I'm so glad to hear that. (laughs) I'm going to ask Maria after this, get some dirt on you. Yes, there's a lot. Um, <laughs> but but when it comes to our kids, yeah. there's no excuse. Yeah. There's no excuse. Yeah. You can give me all these reasons why your your wife or your the mother of your kids is a turd, and that's fine. Yep. We'll, we'll hear it. But it, your kids, there's no excuse. And money, there's no excuse. Doesn't matter. No, you could play with a stupid toy forever. Yeah. But you're telling me, enjoy the season. Yep. Quality time. Yep. Those are two things that we can all do. Yeah, that don't cost money. That don't cost money. It, a kid doesn't care. My my son doesn't care. He had a stick the other day. It was the coolest toy in the world. Yeah. It's bonkers. We buy yeah. our kids so much stuff, which I'm, I'm guilty like of... <laughs> Just all the stuff that we, in our yeah. culture, that our, our families and our kids get. Yeah. Um, but it's that quality time in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we need to enjoy them all and not just wait to, well, as soon as he can walk, then I'm going to go do this or that with him. Or as soon as he can throw yeah. a ball or whatever. Something I That's something I actually had to learn was my, my, my mindset at first was, well, I'm making the money. I've got to make money. So I have I'm spending less time with him because I'm I've got to provide for the family. Until you have the realization that 
I can't believe my son's already won. Mm. And you're like, oh my gosh, that went way too fast. Now, I, I learned it before he was one years old, but, and my wife, who's amazing, and she kind of, you know, she sees him every day. She goes, hey, probably should spend a little bit more time with him because you've been working too much lately, lately or studying about flight school too much lately. He's only got a half hour left. Do you mind taking a break for a half hour? Kind of go, yeah, you're right. You're right. That's, uh, don't get too caught up in work. Don't get too caught up in school. Don't get too caught up because that moment's right there. So she's that support that, oh. That's awesome. It's also awesome that you were, when now when she said that to you, were you offended in the moment? Oh, yeah. Oh, I actually was. I was like, because guys, we have our boxes. Yeah. I'm in the school box right now. I'm trying to do weight and balance on a Cessna 172R with 160 horsepower. If I put weight in the back, what's the momentum? You know, and I'm in this yeah, mindset. Yeah, that's a tough of, one. I sit with that regularly to consider. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I tried to learn all this stuff, you know, and it's it's funny because uh, I'm like, hey, not not right now, Maria. I'm trying to, you know, trying to get this done. I gotta I gotta finish this one. But David's gonna be going to bed in a half hour. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay. And then all of a sudden she walks away and you're like, well, that was a jerk. So maybe I should uh, just put this away for a half hour, you know. So is this a specific moment? This happened? This has happened a couple times. Oh, yeah. I'm hard-headed. So it's... So, okay. Yeah, maybe you're hard-headed, but... Okay, maybe you're hard-headed, but you listened. Yes. So... Not every time. Okay, so For, talk about that. So yeah. why not every time? So now that you see it, you you verbalize it. Yeah. Why would you then not do it one time? Because I'm so focused on I'm doing this for my family that I'm I'm Ned. I'm making the sacrifice for my family. I'm I'm doing that. I'm getting my flight school. I'm doing all this stuff because that's because I love you. I'm working so hard because I love you. And it's the balance between yeah, you work hard when you need to work hard. But you also need to spend time with your family when you need to spend time with your family. Yeah, I love it because, okay, so when you said that just now, looking at your face, you're being a little sarcastic with yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's it's both. So it's both. So Mm -hmm. that's what I think is this this awesome thing that we've been talking about in this podcast is, is, is timeline and balance being present in the season but also paying attention to the future. Like that's hard as a dad to navigate all that. Um, is there been any things that you've done that have helped like scheduling when you're going to do your study or, or when you're going to hang out with your son? So, so what has helped you being, being in the car business? Sometimes you don't get off when you think you're going to get off. Okay. If somebody comes in at five o'clock when I'm supposed to get off and they want to buy a car, I may not get home till midnight. I've, I've been out till one 30 in the morning selling somebody a car. You just don't know when you're going to go home. So it's not a dealership or like back alley sales. No, both. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't that had nothing to do with cars. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so if I get, I've made it actually priority. I told people, you know, if I don't get off, if I don't have anything going, or if I have something planned with my family, I'll give up part of my car deal to go spend with my family. It's something that recently I made the choice because I can strive to be the top salesman again, or I can go, I can make the money that I need to make to provide for my family, to spend more time with my family, and to get things done. Um, I, I've, you know, and it's it's that balance of making that choice because I, I, I got into the business. I started selling cars right away. 
first month I started selling cars, I got third place. Second month, I got second place. Third month, I was the top salesman. Fourth month, top salesman. This last month, I was I sold the amount of, uh, same amount of units as another guy, but um, didn't make as much growth, so I got second place on that. So I've been I've been working so hard lately that I've been making the money, but at the same time, I'm starting to realize that I'm I'm making money, but I got to have the priority of where's my balance between. If I'm off at five o'clock and we got something planned, hey dude, come finish up the cell. I'll give you half the cell. I gotta go be with my family, and so there's there's that balance that I'm still learning. I don't have it down, cause it's a season in our life to where I work a lot and I'm in school a lot. How do I how do I put my family over that, but still put the priority on school and and work? <clears throat> yeah. I think that's an awesome struggle to be in, and I think that there isn't a perfect balance, but there has to be an awareness to talk about it, like you are right now, and even even a check-in, you know, and maybe you do this already, but like a check-in with your wife once a week to go, hey, I know this is this this swinging, and that it's like more weeks than not the, or I should say maybe more days than not the kind of the balance and the time is there, but there are going to, so that when those days come, where I definitely got to be out or I definitely got to study hard, then there's like this grace because you've been there for the family. Yeah. You know, dude, that's so good because I think a lot of us get caught up in the work, which is for our family, Yep. you know, and, and then even the, you know, being number one at work feels killer. Oh, it's awesome. I want to beat everybody out. Cause everybody, there's an alpha male. So when you beat everybody, it feels good. You're the top alpha male. And you can walk around. Now, I I honestly don't. But, you you know, some of the guys that have been top salesmen, they walk around with their chest, chest uh, puffed yeah. out. So, so <clears throat> I mean, I think that's something to be aware of, too, is like how much does it matter to be number one? It makes me think about my first sales job. Okay. So my first sales job, I was there for a few years. And there's a couple guys who were regularly new cars, yep. kicking everybody's butt blah 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 and in the meetings they're the one getting noticed oh yeah. you know they're the ones getting the gift card or the bonus or be more like this guy yep and i remember one guy in particular michael kevern <laughs> who was more of your steady eddie yep not driving a new car yep showing up not slacking doing his job yep and going home and serving his family Mm-hmm. And as I look on it now, you know, I was looking up more to the guys who are killing it and yeah. nice car and nice clothes and whatever. But this guy was there to serve his family. Like he definitely had his priorities yep. there. He didn't get caught up in the other stuff, which, hey, be number one at work. That's killer. Oh, yeah. But not to the detriment of your family. Exactly. Right. If it's six nights a week, I'm late because yep. I want to get number one. And it's really not that much of an income difference that I'm like providing all this extra flow to the yeah. house. It's just something to be aware of to check your alpha male status. Yeah. Because I'd rather be alpha male at home. And I, dude, one of my greatest moments ever was I was making dog poop money. I was just didn't know how to pay my bills. And Sarah rolled over to me and we were falling asleep and yeah. she said, you're a good man. Woo. Dude. That beats any freaking whatever at work. There's nothing, there's nothing I, some of the best moments I've ever had where I've been, never been so proud 
is when my wife looks at me. She does this multiple times. She'll go, I'm so proud of you. You're such a good dad and such mm. a good husband. Oh, man. Like, What else is there? Ah, here we go. Yeah, it's the best. You know, because that's what you, that's why, that is why you try to work so hard. You know, get caught up in that. And um, you spend more, t- I, I spend more time at work at this moment, work in school, than I do at home just because of the area I'm in. Yeah, and I think that's okay. It is. It's, but you see those guys at work more than that. So you try to impress the guys that you're with because you see them more. Mm. And so you get caught up at work. You get caught up at, well, he made, he made 40 calls. I'm going to make 60 calls even if I have to stay an hour over. Right. And then you get focused on, I want to beat this because we're all competitive. And then all of a sudden you wake up and go, oh, shoot, my wife's at home with the boy. And so it's that balance of going, I'm going to stick with 40 calls and make. So what's the reminder? What's the reminder? Yeah, like what's, how do you remind yourself? It's always in the back of my head now. There's been times where I've had an alarm go off on my phone at 3.30 that says it's time to go be a dad. Oh, that's a good call. I've had my photo books, like I see those photo books over there yep. stacked up. I've had them sitting on my desk. So it's like, I'm doing this for that. For that right there. Now I might have to do 40 hours, 30 hours, some weeks 60 hours yep. to do that. But that's why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be perfect. No. No. And even with the time thing, it's like your work might require 50 hours of you this week. Mm-hmm. You might only have 10 minutes a day to give your kid. Yeah. You better make that 10 minutes... Like you're trying to sell, freaking sell yourself. Yeah. And make that person feel, that customer, your kid, yep. feel like that is the only person that matters. And and you're not trying to get nothing. This is this is real. Like, yeah. I'm giving you my best yep. right now. Yep. And you have to try harder at those times because you've given your customers everything you got for eight hours to ten hours a day. And you're mentally gone. I know that I went... I, I, I talk about things with customers that I can't talk here. They've told me things that I'm like, that's creepy. That's weird. So I'm mentally shot by the time I get home, but I have to go, no, you got to engage because he doesn't care about everything that you've worked with. He cares that daddy's home and he put his little arms up because he wanted me to pick him up and he starts stomping his little foot to music because he's excited. Daddy's home. He wants to show off daddy look at this I can dance look at this daddy here's my toy look at my car do you want to see my car that's his little world right yeah. now and dad came home so this is the coolest moment ever and so instead of me dropping everything going hey I'm going to go in the back for a half hour because I need to gather my thoughts it's like no get together right now go do a quick change get out of the smelly clothes come back and just make him laugh yeah you know I love it, dude. So I would say for all of us, it's like pay attention to the next five days. How many days are we coming home engaged and how many days are we not? Yeah. And the hope is that over time, it's more days that we are than we're not. And to remember, we're working till five. Let's just say the typicals are working yeah. till five. Okay. Average. So work until 530, work until six. The work is going to be there tomorrow. Yep. So don't make that the norm. Like, yeah, sometimes there's a project, get it done. Sometimes there's a sale, and this is a good one. But but more times than not, you're going to go home at some point, so why not just cut out cut out, yeah. and save some energy for our family? Um, or depending on your life and your schedule, maybe it's the way you stay home in the morning a little bit later. Yeah. It's the way, it can be so simple, man. It's like, how do I wake up my kids? Yeah. How do I drive them to school? How do I have breakfast with them or or... 
or like today I um I knew Brooklyn. This is the first time I've did this. Uh-huh. Brooklyn's thirteen, and I'm not like I'll text for a purpose, but yeah. not for fun, really. Yeah. I don't know. Um, she had two tests and she was stressed. I had to drove her to I drove her to school this morning, yep. and um, so she had two texts or she had two tests, and so I thought I'm gonna text her a dad joke. Ooh, that's like, good. So I looked up. So it took me. This took me all of like sixty seconds, right? Yeah. So I looked up school test jokes, <laughs> and I find you know like uh, why was the math book so sad, and. <sighs> You know, this is at like 11.45, yeah. her lunch time. And she texts back like, hey, dad, why? You know? And I'm like, because the math book had so many problems. Oh, my <laughs> you know, gosh. Just something horrible. That's bad. So bad. But that I thought about her in the middle of my Monday, which I tell everybody, don't call me a Monday. Don't talk to me yeah. on Monday. Um, But I thought of her and I took the time to engage in something that she likes, which is she, you know, she texts, she doesn't call. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where I was going with that, but just to make her priority to make in the middle yeah, of a hard day to yeah. make it like I'm pay I attention to those yeah. around you. Yep. Yeah, dude. So we sat down an hour ago going, you were, you came in a little bit like, Oh my gosh, what are we, you know, what are we going to talk yeah. about? We're going to talk about being a new dad, blah, blah, blah. And you shared this beautiful story of your experience having your child. Yep. That it. And we really, I mean, the, the the takeaway here is like timeline for your life and for your baby, and yep. and to go, hey, it's okay wherever you're at. Being and it engaged, sounds like when I was present. talking about, it, I have it mastered. You know, I'm the best at it. I am not. I'm talking about it because I need to improve in it, and I think the best way to improve on it is to realize it and then start working on it. I've got a lot, and Marie's probably going to listen to this and go, "Well, that's cool. You can talk about it. Hey, let's get going on it." Yeah, well, but. uh yeah, so it is, it is something I'm working on. So I think as dudes, we don't communicate our feelings as much. So sometimes I think yeah. maybe our spouses or people around us think we don't care. Yeah. Or we're not thinking about our kid or we're not thinking about them. But sometimes we just might, because we live in boxes a little bit, we're kind of wrapped up in a certain thing that we think is the best for our family and maybe not taking a step back. Where yeah. I think sometimes our spouses can see and take a step back and be like, hey, your priorities are a little off right now. But I think as dudes, we really need to be open to that and go okay when my wife said that to me is it because she thinks i'm a turd and hates me or is it because she's trying to be the best for you know help me be my best for my family i know that my wife thinks different than i do obviously she says and a comedian said you probably everybody probably listened to this but um men have boxes that you open this box you talk about this box you put it away and then if you want to talk about the next next subject you know you put that box away and you grab another box you open it up we're talking about this right now. Are we done talking about this? Let's put it away. Put it up on the shelf. Women's minds are like spaghetti. Everything's together. Yeah. And so when she communicates, everything touches everything. And that's where most of our communication mishaps happen is because I'll be focused and focused and focused thinking I'm doing this for my son. I'm doing this for my family. And she goes, yeah, you are, but you're still missing it here and here and here. Not because you're doing something, not not because you're you're failing in this area. It's because you're so focused on one thing, you're so focused on it that you can't see the bigger picture. And that's where my wife is amazing that she can she can see that bigger picture and go, yeah, you're working so hard, you're going to school so hard, but step back, take a step back and go, hey, David's sitting here looking at you while you're on the computer. He doesn't know the difference between you working or you playing a game on the computer or anything else. He just knows that he wants daddy. 
so when she she's got that broad perspective it's it's pretty cool to to step back and go okay i've got to listen to her because she's on my side right i think that's the thing that a lot of us forget yep even the even when they're telling us that sometimes yeah. they forget that that we're all on the same team yeah she's on my she doesn't tell me all this stuff to make me feel bad and go josh you're a loser right stop doing that she goes hey my boy our son i and she needs me too by the way yeah. it's not just david so yeah it's so good dude because i think so many of us we want to be on the same team yeah and we're trying to do that i think as dudes you know we get a little hard-headed and in the transition because i bet you when you step away from that computer with within two or three minutes when you're on the floor you're like oh this feels yeah. so great i'm enjoying this. this is way better but it's hard to make that transition from one to the other yeah. i find myself it just really hard like sometimes man it'll be saturday around noon uh-huh. and sarah will be what what's wrong and i'll be like i'm just having such a hard time transitioning from kind of my work week yep. to just enjoying the fruits of my labor or yeah. whatever it's like i really have to consciously go all the things that I want to be about, that's the time for that right now. Yeah. It's not that stuff anymore. Put that on hold. It'll be back. Don't Gotta worry about it. Turn that switch off. Yeah. Oof. So, dude, we've been talking for an hour Yeah. about a bunch of really awesome things. And I just want to kind of go some really huge takeaways that, that I heard was to be okay where you are in your timeline. Yep. To embrace the season that you're in. Yep. And then again with your children, with your family, embrace the season that you're in. Don't be like everybody else. And then a lot for us dudes who are working is to pay attention to our focus. Time management. Yeah, time management. And even when we have some time with our family, to make sure there's some left in the gas tank to to give them our best. Yep. Um, And figure out what works for you to transition from one to the next. Yeah. Dude, you are... A great dad, a great husband, a great friend, an honest car salesman. Yes. Um, you're investing, you're doing the work, you're doing what it takes to to then get to that next place that you want to be, which will provide probably a different, you know, finances for the family, different life, you know, opportunities for the family. Um, so I love watching you. I love seeing the work you're doing with your family and i just want to say do a great job we need more dads like like you out in the world so keep it up man what another great story from a intentional and loving dad i especially love the conversation around work-life balance Uh, i don't think that that fully exists but being aware of it is just so important uh thank you to all you dads out there listening to the rebellion creates fatherhood field notes podcast what you do truly matters Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's continue to rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in the craft of fatherhood. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to like it, write a review, share it with a friend. And if you have any questions, shoot me an email at ned at rebelandcreate.com.